Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Sinead O'Connor has been remembered as the voice of a generation. She sold millions of albums globally, of course, best known for her cover of Nothing Compares to You. And there's been so, so many tributes pouring in from right across the globe since yesterday. But I just want to hear your memories of Sinead O'Connor today on the programme, your own tributes. Maybe you went to see her certain gigs. I want to hear what she meant to you on the programme today and I'm want to give some time to to talk to people, talk to our fans. 1800 453 106, that's the number. Uh, Liam Merriman is with us on the line because, Liam, you knew Sinead from the very start, right back at the very beginning of her career. That's right, uh, Andrea. Um, Sinead was a a boarder at Newtown School here in Waterford and um, her talent uh, for writing and creative expression was <clears throat> was noticed very early on by her teacher, Joe Falvey. And Joe knew me because I was I was playing on the circuit, the live music circuit around the southeast area at the time, uh, while holding down a day job in Waterford Crystal as well. But uh, Sinead, I mean, I I got a phone call one day and, hello, are you Liam Merriman? And I said, yeah. And she said, uh, my name is Sinead O'Connor and I'm a songwriter and I want to come and play before you at your gigs. So very direct, knew exactly yeah. what she wanted. Um, and I said to her, where are you calling from, uh, Sinead? She said, I'm in Newtown School. I said, are you a student there? Yes. Are you a, a day pupil or a boarder? She said, I'm a boarder. And I said, well, it's not going to be easy for you to get out and come to gigs in the evening or during the day or whatever. Oh, no, that's all sorted. Mr. Falvey, Joe Falvey, is, has arranged all that and he will come with me and bring me to the gigs and I'll get the opportunities to play. So we, we uh, I think the first, uh, her first performance in Waterford at the Folk and Arts Club in TNH Toolins in Waterford, run by uh, Billy McCarthy and Martin O'Mahony, um, was uh, supporting to Dominic Mulvaney, a great singer-songwriter, uh, Dominic. And um, I mean, the story goes, and it's true, uh, Joe was sitting beside Dominic at, at the bar and... Um, Sinead got up as a young 16-year-old, you must remember, in a, in, in a folk club. And she did her set and Dominic looked at her teacher, Joe, and he said, how am I going to follow that? And <laughs> we're talking about a 16-year-old's debut yeah. with a guitar slung over her shoulder and that. But from she was kind of fully formed, even at that stage, as an artist, as a creative artist. And she had this ability to interpret her own songs and other songs and to just blow an audience away. With, with her passion and her emotion. And, you know, it, it, it's a unique kind of once-in-a-lifetime experience when mm. you really see somebody and everybody kind of knew, wow, we're, we're witnessing something here. This girl is going to go into orbit in terms of, you know, artistic achievement, and she did. Yeah. When you heard the news yesterday, Liam, where were you? When I heard the news, believe it or not, the glamorous life of, of being a musician on the road, I was sitting in McDonald's in Navin, um, having a, a green salad and chips, if yeah. you want to know. But uh, no, um, my wife rang me and told me. And uh, it was heartbreaking, really heartbreaking to think because, you know, Sinead, we all know, uh, like she put her art first. She was an incredibly courageous artist. And she put herself out there. She put her views out there. And uh, she, she, she never held back. And she also carried the burden of a lot of tragedy in her life. And, uh, you know, had to deal with that and had to deal with 
the, the, the burden of fame at a very young age and the isolation that fame can bring mm-hmm. as well because, you know, you can't walk out in the streets, you can't go here, people want you, they want a piece of you, you know. So um, she was a remarkable, a remarkable artist. And, and you know, you, you, you meet somebody in any other part of the world and you say, you know, I'm from Ireland. Oh, you too, Sinead O'Connor. You know, people connect on a musical level. But they're the names they're saying, you know. Yeah. And she, she was truly a global artist. Uh, but she had that fire um, and that ambition uh, from when she was very young. Like I knew her when she was, say, 16, 17. And Sinead knew where she was going. It wasn't, I'd like to be a singer. It was, I'm going to be. She was incredibly focused for a, for a young teenager like that. And of course, you know, she had the talent. Uh, she, was, she was beautiful in every mm. sense. Very funny. Uh, she had that ambition and she was very confident um, as a youngster. And as I said, she was, you know, she was mentored and supported at school by, by her teacher, Joe Falvey. And uh, so she really got a strong start in that sense in terms of the belief in her own, in her own artistic and creative uh, talent. So, um, but, you know, right through her life, you know, obviously, I've, you know, kept an eye on her progress and, and on her ups and downs and uh you know, uh, she inspired so many people and, and her music will continue to inspire yeah. us. Think, you know, I, so she's left a fantastic legacy. I was just going to ask you about that, Liam, over the years. I mean, I, I know you, you knew her very well from the, the very early days and, and not even just the early days, but the very beginning, as you said, from a, a student at 16 years of age. Um, but did, did you keep in much, did you have much interaction or much contact with Sinead in, in, in latter years? Over the over the years, no, I didn't. Um, I kind of was doing my thing and she was doing her thing. Now, I did get a couple of indirect messages, kind of waves from a distance through other people over the years. But Joe, um, Joe Falvey and herself were, were in touch. And I'd be talking to Joe and Joe would be talking to Sinead in that kind of a way. But And I went to see her live in concert. Um, I saw her where oh, she played in South uh, Great Venue in Tremor many years ago. And then on her recent tour, uh, when she when she had that comeback to her a couple of years ago and played in the Spiegel tent in Wexford again, we went to see her and she just blew everybody away. Obviously, nothing compares to you, stand out, but when she sings unaccompanied, I'm stretched on your grave, that's it. You could hear a pin drop because, you know, as I said, she 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 didn't just sing songs. Um, she she kind of became the song. Um, she she worked from the inside out and I think she expressed songs, lyrics, words and melodies not just for herself but for us all. She had a unique talent in that sense and um, and I know as well as, as a as a recording artist she was, you know, she had the kind of level of talent the likes of Brian Wilson or Paul McCartney would have and that going into the studio knowing precisely and exactly what she wanted, where the track was to go what she's done it. So she had she had this incredible gift. It's like as if she'd been here before and she knew the ropes, you know, and that's from a young age as well, making demos. I have know? to say it's a, a it's a lovely tribute, Liam, I think that you've um that you've paid today and a, a lovely picture of how you, you first met and known her from the, the early days. Is a text in from Shane and Tala who says she was taken to this nation's heart and will always be firmly fixed in this country's cultural landscape. Martina and Burr got in contact to say I was so sad to hear about Sinead's passing. She meant an awful lot to me growing up. I was a teenager when she was famous. I loved her music. She's absolutely amazing. Uh, Singer-songwriter Jack O'Rourke is with us as well Liam. Jack, you also um, you had the opportunity to support Sinead as well. I did yeah. Um, In the opera house in Cork when I was starting out um, I was you know terrified about meeting her but I met her backstage. She was with her son 
Um, it was the album where she sang um, John Grant's The Queen of Denmark. And she was so um, understated backstage and kind. And um, I just remember her eyes. They were so green and piercing. And there was a kind of a childlike quality to her. And um, I was trying to mirror. I said, you know, can I take a photo with you? And she said, of course. And she said, look, do you want me? I, I said, would you, would you sing with me? And she said, I could, but she didn't know the song. But um, yeah, just like everybody else, really shocked by yesterday's news. And, um, you know, I, I think her artistry was, was phenomenal, you know, and, and, you know, I think we romanticize artists who, who have suffering or tragedy in their lives, but she, she was in that same vein of people like Billie Holiday and, you know, uh, Maria Callas and um, Rita Franklin, who, who it's not even about technique or tone or range. It's just about the ability to communicate, um, you know, and, and just listening there, that lovely tribute about how she became the yeah. sound. I think I think she was a vessel for 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 music and and lyrics. You know that it was just all about the song, whether it was rock or pop or or, or a, a Chano song or reggae or a country song. And she could sing anything. Her versatility was was staggering, and she just communicated that thing that you can't actually um, you can't describe it or analyze it. it. It's just this innate primal human emotion that that seemed to kind of come out of her. You know, like a vessel. Did do you support her? Was it was it just once, Jack, or did you have other opportunities over the years? Oh God, just just the once. Just the once. Um, was <laughs> yeah, so I, I feel like a bit of a charlatan. I I, no. I met her. I, I I supported her, and um, uh, I think I'm playing a gig in playing Mallow Arts Centre this Saturday, and I'll definitely be doing um one of her songs, maybe Brilliant. maybe a black a black boy and moped. Um, yeah, and she was a wonderful songwriter too. Um. You know, and and also interpreter. She could just. I was listening to her last night. If anyone hasn't heard it, singing Elton John "Sacrifice" on a really early '90s tribute album, and she she turns it into a hymn. It's just sublime. You know the dynamics in it and how she goes from a whisper into a roar. Um, amazing. I love uh, when to hear stories, Jack. Like you, you know, you just mentioned about um, when you meet people, and particularly people that are you know inspirational to you, or that you've 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 learned from, maybe in whatever walk of life, and then how given they are of their time, you know, and that they're willing to stop and and chat and 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 just engage with people. And I, I love I love to hear um, the kind of behind the scenes and the and the backstage. Stories yeah, like it, that. It, it was literally no. I think you know. I think um, BP fan said last night that she was a star. You know, stars that the word star is often thrown around, particularly in this age of celebrity. But you know, she was. But she had no interest in fame or anything like that. Like when I was chatting to her, she was looking into me and just for for, for a musician to be starting out. And you know, she she there was no sense of me being in her shadow or anything like that. She was just exceptionally gracious and. Welcoming. Your favourite, your favourite uh, Sinead O'Connor song? Song? Um, of her own, I think um, This Is The Mother You. It's just a beautiful song and it's particularly poignant um, after today, after yesterday. Um, and then just as an interpreter, I love her singing um, Scarlet Ribbons. Okay. 
I know, and what a good an opportunity today as well, even just to to mention um, and even just to even play where we can too. I suppose some of Sinead O'Connor's uh, music from from over the years as well. There's a text in from another listener. Just uh, so sad to hear the news. I actually sat beside Sinead in a flight from London Heathrow to Dublin back in 1999, and when we got chatting, I helped her to set up a laptop that a record company had just given her. When we got to passport control, she said, "Ah, lads, you know who I am," and we just sailed past the queue. Such a chill out soul deep down and also hated technology says this texter Taryn is with us on the line as well today Taryn I believe you've a, you've a lovely story about um, Sinead from when you worked with uh, with Tenny is that right? Yeah so I used to work with the Transgender Equality Network Ireland and in 2017 so I would answer the phone and I got this phone call from someone saying oh hi I'm Sinead O'Connor's management we're looking to donate her closet and I kind of went oh okay well whatever <laughs> well sure of course you, you, you represent Sinead O'Connor and I transferred them on to my boss and kind of forgot about it and then my boss came in about an hour later and was like oh I've been chatting extensively like yeah they are Sinead O'Connor's team and, and she's downsizing and she has this closet of touring and performances and all these clothes that she's worn over the years and she really wants them to go to trans people now. She wants people who are transitioning and are needing to buy whole new wardrobes. She wants to help in whatever way she can and she wants to donate this kind of closet um, as part of that process. And it was one of those kind of moments that I've, I've been an activist for a long time and, and people like Sinead O'Connor are huge inspirations for just saying what needs to be said and, and being brutally honest in a way I think we all need. And it was one of those moments where I don't know. The work always feels important, but if it, it felt, I don't know, great to be seen by someone like Sinead, great to be thought of by someone like Sinead. Mm-hmm. She was a, a thoughtful soul, I think, is, is, is the least we can say about the woman. Like, obviously, so many naturally attributes today um, talking about Sinead and, and obviously remembering her, her success on the global stage through her music. But, but she was an activist and, and so much more as well. Oh, God, she was. Like, I remember being a teenager and we're probably talking pre-2010 in, in rural Wexford and didn't have much access to the internet. And I remember extensively researching what had happened in 1992 on SNL. And, and that's two years before I was born. And I remember just, I don't know, it was one of those first kind of things where I, I, I was I read about a controversy and I expected someone to do something terrible. Oh, this big controversy happened. And then I read it and I was like, no, that's, that's incredible. It's amazing, especially you're talking about 1992, like Ireland, we really hadn't divorced ourselves from the Catholic Church, I think, in the way we have in the, the decades since. It was a really, uh, I, I can't imagine how scary it would be. I, I it, She ri- risked completely having her own country turn on her. She risked her own career. She risked her own safety, her own well-being. To say something that needed to be said in the decades since have shown us, it really needed to be said. And, and she was one of the earliest voices kind of calling out this, this corruption and this cruelty that was happening in Ireland under the surface. And yeah, I don't think she ever stopped. I've seen pictures of her on Twitter in the, in the kind of hours since she passed of her at anti-racism <laughs> rallies and her speaking at abortion events. And she, she, yeah, she wanted to see mm-hmm. Ireland change. She wanted it to be a country that was kind to all of its people. And I think that's a big, big part of her legacy, that kindness that she kept pushing and that just, that urging us all to accept everyone, regardless of how different they are from us, just accept yeah. people and let them show you who they are. And, and she always pushed for that, I think. Do you have a favourite Sinead O'Connor song? Um, I do. She released the album I'm Not Bossy and The Boss, which I think is just an incredible title <laughs> for an album in 2014. And I was around 20 at the time. 
Um, and there is a song on that album called Take Me to Church, which the other Bray resident, Hosier, also has a, a more famous Take Me to Church. Mm. Uh, but that song is, is a beautiful song. And then singing about she wants to go to a church, but not one that hurts because that's not the point of, of spirituality and, and finding a place like a church. And she just, it's a beautiful song. And I think one that really kind of reflects her career and all yeah. the things she said. And, and I think she was, she seemed to have been eternally spiritual to the end and always believed that there was some greater force guiding us. And I think that song really shows just her as a person, which I think is, is rare for one song to encapsulate, but I, I personally, I think it does. Uh, listener here says, Sinead woke Ireland up in the 90s to the abuse uh, within the Catholic Church in Ireland when everybody was hiding behind their couch and afraid to speak up to what was going on. She took to the stage and roared like a lion. Uh, a roar that will echo for generations, says this listener. Another texter, Sinead O'Connor was just pure class with the Chieftains and Michael Collins singing Foggy Dew. It was pure, utter classic, says this texter. I want to hear your tributes, uh, your own memories. When did you go to see her? Where did you go to see her? What did she mean to you over the years? 87 106 is the WhatsApp number. Liam, do you have a... Um, is there a song in particular that sticks out in your mind from over the years that... Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I from you know her own writing. Uh, this beautiful track called Three Babies," which is really haunting, really beautiful. Um, a collaboration she did with uh, Peter Gabriel, "Blood of Eden," is is just show stopping. And but for me, I think because she really connected so well with her Irishness, and she was really proud of that. She was proud of the Irish language. She was proud of of our culture, and I think her version of Raglan Road. If you haven't heard it, it's it's just it will just blow you away. She, as I said, she owned that song, and like for decades, uh, Luke Kelly owned it, and it has a fabulous version, obviously. But when I heard Sinead O'Connor's version of Raglan Road, and she interpreted the emotion, the love, loss, um, every aspect of of that song, every texture in it, she has it. It's in her voice. She's singing from her heart. It is absolutely a stunning version, and it, it, for me, it, 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 it's a monument to how great Sinead was, and her music, absolutely, mm-hmm. and her legacy will, will live on for us all. There's a lot of people uh, getting in touch today who want to share their, their memories, but I think Liam and, and Jack and, and Taryn, you've paid a, a lovely tribute to Sinead O'Connor today. Look, do let me know um, your own tributes today. I just want to chat to fans of Sinead O'Connor's from Sinead O'Connor from uh, down through the years as well. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk. We're paying tribute to Sinead O'Connor on the programme today. I just want to hear your memories, what she meant to you. When did you get an opportunity to see her perform at some stage over the years? 087 1400 106 is the, the WhatsApp number. Um, AJ is with us on the line in Canada today. I believe you attempted to go to see Sinead in concert. What happened, AJ? I uh, had just moved to Edmonton and found out Sinead was playing the folk festival there. But it was too late to get tickets. And uh, I kind of gave up on the idea of seeing her until uh, one day I got out of the car and I could hear uh, the Emperor's New Clothes playing like really loud in my neighborhood. So I, uh, being inquisitive, I went off to see where the music was coming from. I walked a couple of blocks north. And I hit a fence that was looking down on Sinead's concert. I had a perfect view sitting up on a cliff top, just watching her from uh, 
that vantage point and got to see the entire concert. Did she? Did she? Did she notice, or did she know you were there? <laughs> I didn't think so. It was. Uh, I, I was pretty far back up on the hill, and I didn't think she could see from where I was. But at the end of the concert, as she was going through her thank yous in this little high pitched voice, um, she she actually she gave me a little shout out. She uh, said <laughs> thank you to the. To the uh, guy who snuck in to see me up on the cliff. <laughs> Brilliant. And you thought of, of it's the crowds that were all there in front of her on stage, that there's no way she's going to see this one man, um, not at the gig, but watching on from a from a hill. No. <laughs> but she did. But obviously she had good eyes. Yeah. She, she was watching and she, she was watching the audience and she saw, saw me out there. So Have you it was always... an amazing night. It was a really good yeah. concert. What year, sorry, AJ, was that? Uh, that was 97. 97. When were you first introduced uh, to Sinead O'Connor? When did you first I, come across uh, her? Uh, probably back when the first album came out, she appeared on the Grammy Awards and uh, gave a performance of Mandinka that just blew me away. It's still one of those performances that I can picture in the back of my head just thinking about it. And so have you, you was there pretty much from the start. Yeah. You've followed her career over the years. Do you have a favourite Sinead O'Connor song? Uh, favourite Sinead O'Connor song? Probably Last Day of Our Acquaintance. Okay. How did you feel when you heard the news yesterday, AJ? Um, I, I was heartbroken. Um, sorry. <clears throat> I, uh, I didn't expect it, and I'm a big fan, and it really, really hurt. Yeah. So. What do you think? I'm going to miss the new music from yeah. her. What do you think her legacy will be, AJ? Um, I think she'll be remembered for um, being the odd one, the one that pushed when others wouldn't. Um, I think in the long run, some of the things that she was uh, fighting against have uh, proven to been a good fight. I think she was ahead of her time, though. I think uh, we'll look back and think that, uh, she was quite a bit ahead of her time in a lot of cases. I really appreciate you getting in touch today. I, I appreciate the yeah. chance to share. Yeah, no, it's great to hear. Um, great to hear from fans, and, and not just chatting to fans in here in Ireland, but I mean, AJ is with us here from from Canada, and many other emails coming in too. There's a great email in here from a listener who says, I, "I remember blaring out nothing compares to you after midnight when my parents were away. The neighbours banged on the door. They said they loved the song, but not at that time of the morning." <laughs> Darren is with us on the line as well. Darren, what are your Sinead O'Connor memories? Hi, how are you doing, Andrea? Good. Listen, um, my memory is um, of going to a school soccer match and it was a trip from um, Kelly Beggs to Guidoor, so it's a fairly boring trip, like, you know. Yeah. And and uh, so you can picture the scene, like, there's uh, about 15 teenage boys on a bus and they're between 15 and 17 years of age and this, I think, is 1987. 
And uh, next thing, Sinead O'Connor comes on the radio, Mandinka. And uh, the next thing, the whole bus just goes mental to the song, like, you know. So, like, there's 15 schoolboys going mental to Sinead O'Connor. And uh, I think it's just a brilliant memory of mine, like, you know. And I was just uh, thinking there last Friday, like, how someone like her would would picture that scene and react to something like that and by just listening to different people's uh, stories about people that have met her and everything else mm-hmm. and said and have uh, talked about what kind of crack she is and everything else and how there's devilment in her, I think she, she would love something like that, like, you know. She just sounds like the kind of person that would, would love something different, like, you know. It's a great visual, Darren. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can well, imagine. Exactly, like, you know. As I say, it's stuck in my mind for whatever amount of time, years it is yeah. later. And it's like, like I, that's when I kind of, like, I wouldn't say I'm a super fan, but like, I'm a fan of music. And, but it's just something about her, the, the way she, she lived her life and the way she uh, portrayed herself and the way she'd done things, like, you know, like she, she, she wasn't afraid to uh, speak her mind, like, you know. And uh, I think that's a great, threaten people that they're not afraid to uh, speak speak what they think like you know like a lot of people don't like that in people but I find it uh, a great threat in people and I think she was one that that just wasn't afraid to Mm. say what she thought like and and it's just sad that she's passed like but look at his life life was on and like we just have to get on with it but she will be must be millions and millions and millions around the world. Absolutely. And it's a lovely, lovely, lovely memory. And it's it's interesting, Darren, when you, you know, you, you you tell it and you recall it so freshly for something that happened, as you say, on a school day back in uh, in 1987. Um, Breed Smith, the People Before Profit TD, is with us on the line today because, Breed, Darren just mentioned there, you know, that Sinead was somebody who was never afraid to speak her mind and, and to speak out and and I suppose that's where you would have come across her and, and, and you worked with her. I came across her when we were protesting against the uh, X case. People may or may not know this was a 14-year-old rape victim whose parents tried to get her to have an abortion in Britain, but the state put an injunction on that and stopped her travelling. So there was a big uprising over this and Sinead was very much at the heart of it. And I just remember her coming to my house with Eamon McCann. McCann was very involved in the Socialist Workers' Party at the time, and Sinead was one of the guest speakers at the rally. And uh, he had to do an interview with RTE, so he dropped her off with me for the afternoon. And we had a great chat about politics, mainly around women, oppression, and the history of the Catholic Church and state in this country. But I do think that her, and all credit to her, she was very, very concerned universally about all sorts of oppression and discrimination. So, for example, she stood out for trans people, against racism. She refused to play in Israel in solidarity with the Palestinian people. And she was very, very much uh, outspoken, brave. And her courage was contagious, especially in the movement at that time. Mm. And I remember her calling for what we need now is another referendum. Um, and we got the referendum that she called for 26 years later. But really, she she was an astounding activist. 
What do you think her legacy will be? Because obviously, look, naturally breeds so many people get in touch today and it's very much obviously about Sinead's work on the, the musical stage and contribution to, to music um, and culture in this country. But how, like, how, for you, what's her legacy? For me, her legacy is her courage and her activism and her absolute, you know, struggle to search for the truth and for justice. And she did it with, with such dignity and bravery, and she did it through music as well. And a young woman back in 92, back in the 90s, standing up to the church in the way she did was extraordinary. Mm. Hardly anyone could speak against them at the time. So she was extraordinarily brave. Do you have a favourite Sinead O'Connor song, Breed? <laughs> I have loads of them. I have loads of them. I, I, the Foggy Juice. I think it's one I prefer to sing most. Yeah, so it was funny. A couple of people actually have texted in and and, and mentioned uh, mentioned mentioned that as well. Um, yeah. Suzanne is on the line too. Suzanne, what's your memory? Hi, Andrea. Thanks for having me on. It's yeah. such a sad day. Um, my memory goes back to specifically June '99. I was coming back from London from a job interview, so I remember it well. And who's sitting beside me? Uh, only Sinead. And I wouldn't intrude on anybody's privacy. And she was so quiet, but she was rummaging around with this laptop. And she kind of said to me, do you know anything about laptops? And we got chatting. And she said to me, oh, my record company really want me to use this laptop. And I hate it. And I worked in finance at the time, so we set it up. But for me, it was just, I wasn't a particularly great fan before then, just musically. But she really encaptured me in that she was so normal and quiet and soulful and not the kind of person I'd expected her to be. And she was lovely and we had chats. And then we walked through together and we were chatting and we got to passports and it was so funny because the guy said passports and she just looked at him and said, ah, lad, you know who I am. <laughs> and she wasn't being rude. She was more or less saying, it's more or less about bureaucracy and red tape. Like, do I have to pull my passport out to prove to you I'm Sinead O'Connor? But Andrea, after that, I did follow her life. I, she kind of encapsulated the energy and I did follow her life after that and read up a lot about her. And I think the previous speaker there, like her courage and passion, you know, she had a difficult childhood and I think there was always a fight for others and also a nurture herself mixed together. Um, and I have followed her life closely. And when her son died last year, I was from Colchane as well, and it upset me for her. And I just think she will go down as being one of the biggest female icons of Ireland of this century for many reasons. Mm. But I have a lovely, sad feeling today. Nothing Compared to You is my favourite song. It comes on the radio. It still always makes me have a little tear. I love it. Yeah. And when I hear it now, I heard it a few times this morning and it just appetises Sinead O'Connor to yeah. me. Just fearless, passionate, brave um, and fought all her battles so well. And, and yet when you talk to her, a lovely, not an arrogant pop star back in 99, you know, that you might have expected just a little person with her little laptop trying to figure it out. And um, I, I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to imagine, you know, you're, you're like you sitting on, on, you know, the flight, you know, the Ryan Air flight is on or whatever, and Aer Lingus. And no, it was an Aer Lingus business class, I might add. And, <laughs> you know, there was just two seats. And I, I knew it was her, but I didn't want to say Janet O'Connor. And then she kind of started a gentle conversation, this laptop, and she was just telling me briefly, you know, all, you know, record labels want you to be in touch. And she was like, oh, this balloon. And we literally started off, and you know, you switch on a laptop, Andrea, for the very first time, and you press yeah. start, and it's next, next, next. And some people, um, my own son included, artistic people hate all that stuff. And it was just like, followed the next, and we set up her name and all her stuff. Oh, we got to the Wi-Fi bit, which we couldn't do. And she was delighted. She felt she'd... And then we were just having gentle chats. And 
that's my memory. It always stuck yeah. in my head. I love I it. It's a great story from a, yeah, you know, a from one brief encounter sitting beside somebody on a plane. But it's a, it's a great story. A great story, Suzanne. What? Nothing compares to you. That's your, that's oh, your, yeah. your favourite. Yeah. To you. That's my favourite. Her version of it, not yeah. the Prince version. Yeah. Her version. So, um, no, thanks for having me on. Not at all. Thank you for getting in touch. I was shocked. No, I was shocked myself last night, but I could feel her pain. Um, and I just feel, you know, it's great to see the outpouring of love for her today mm. from every, uh, everywhere around the world. Yeah. So I'm proud to have set up her laptop. Yeah, well, it's a great story. It's a, it's a lovely, yeah. it's a, it's a lovely um, story. And I suppose, you know, kind of uh, encapsulates the whole, well, how modest she was, as you said, you know, in, in sitting down and just asking for, for help and trying to get the something as simplistic as, yeah, getting the laptop up and up and running. There's a text in from a listener. She stood up for the vulnerable when nobody else would. She changed Ireland for the better. Um, this texter says she used to come into our news agents in Bray every day. It was always so pleasant. I found her a bit shy and unassuming. I hope she knew how loved, loved she was, says this texter. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.